Welcome to SU Podcast in association with the Talbot Hotel in Carlo. Join us every week for deep dives into various topics featuring guests from all walks of life. Sit back, relax and happy listening. And hello and you're very welcome to another SU podcast here on the ITCSU Broadcasting Network in association with the Talbot Hotel in Carlo. Hope you're all keeping well and safe wherever you might be listening. Um, and we are delighted uh, to be joined today by a range of people from the Institute of Technology, Carlo. We have the Vice President for Academic Affairs and the Registrar, David Deneef. We have the Head of the Teaching and Learning Centre, Gina Noonan. And we have the Director of Sport, Mr. Donald McNally. Thank you all for being with us. Um, I hope you're all keeping well. <laughs> Are you, any of you nervous? No? Oh, very. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We don't trust you, Michael. <laughs> I don't trust me either, so don't worry. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with us on the uh, network, you can, of course, get us on any of our social media. ITCSU uh, is our handle. Or, of course, go onto our website, www.itcsu.ie, for all the latest content. And we have some information as well on the upcoming year and different stuff within the union. Um, I suppose we start as if I start every podcast with March 12th, the dreaded announcement from uh, Antishak at the time, Leo, uh, saying that we were going into lockdown. What happened? How was it for you, Donal? Oh, thanks, Michael. Uh, great, great to start off. Look, obviously, um, there had been for in, in the weeks in the lead up to, to March 12th, there was an uncertainty in the country. And um, while look, you know, you were always hoping it would never happen. There was, I suppose, um, there was the possibility that it would happen. So, um, fr- from a sports perspective, I suppose, if if you want to go down that route, really, um, by mid March, a lot of our competitions had kind of come to the concluding stages. We were in some finals, some of the competitions then. Uh, w- maybe some interversities maybe hadn't hadn't happened by that stage so there was kind of question marks into how things will will operate i suppose on the 12th of march personally i probably didn't think that uh four five six seven months on we'd be in a you know in a, in a similar type position. i don't think anyone did yeah um <laughs> your immediate thoughts were around maybe you know if, if we get to april may we might be in a better position at that stage so so i suppose yeah there was a lot of uncertainty um but yeah, we just had to look at how we might do things. And was everything cancelled, or did you get to fi- did anything get to finish that was still outstanding? Say after March twelfth, in terms of competitions, no, would have all would have all finished. But we obviously had things to do in terms of sport. Uh, so we had our, our leadership awards and stuff like that, and I'm sure we got a chance to talk about them as, as sure. time goes on. But um, we had to just look at how, like everyone else, we had to look at how we were doing things and was there a way, if you couldn't replicate it exactly like you would have uh, liked to do it, what, what way might you do it? Uh, and, you know, you're starting to think about that. Gina, March 12th hit. I'm sure it was a busy time for the Teaching and Learning Centre. <laughs> it was, Michael. It was very busy. Um, I suppose we were slightly lucky in a sense, though, because we had been piloting blended learning programs before, um, like in the lead up, I suppose, for the uh, the last year. Knowing, so, not even knowing. No, the co- outside yeah, okay. of this. And we had a lot of courses designed and supports designed to move people online, to move staff online. So we were lucky once we got a kind of wind that the potential closure was going to happen. We started running workshops even before we closed. Um, and then we were able to kind of roll out those resources afterwards. Um, and then I suppose in tandem, we were looking at kind of how to support students as well. So 
we would then start to think about upcoming assessments and so we had a, a bit of time I suppose to start looking at guidelines and resources and developing all that but yeah I mean it was it was I suppose our, our blended approach became expedited because of COVID. You were able to put it into practice. Yeah we were able to very much put it into practice and learn from that as well I suppose but yeah. it, was a, it was a challenge for everybody but I suppose we, we, were, we had the supports there from the team as well. Yeah. David, I'd say it was, uh, well, in fairness, it was being monitored on an ongoing basis, but then obviously the official uh, announcement. Absolutely. Um, and Don made reference it was plans for. I remember going to the very first COVID emergency group, and it was on the 3rd of February. And I remember at the meeting, Dave Buckley used the word pandemic for the first time. And I was kind of <laughs> going, pandemic, yeah, right, you know. And uh, as it got closer to the start of March, I began to realise this is actually picking up. And we were very lucky at the start of March. We had had discussions at a management group and there was a lot of stuff. People began to plan, even though we weren't planning. Uh, Gene had done a lot of work with the Teaching and Learning Centre in particular and we were in a position to be able to ramp that up. And we were very lucky. We had an academic council meeting, I think, late on the 11th or early on the 12th. And I remember discussing and we got a couple of key decisions made that day that, in effect, empowered us to be able to react very quickly. And that helped hugely. It just it, it transformed things literally overnight. Remember, the the twelfth was a Thursday. It came in on the, the Friday, and the place was completely silent. I remember Patricia tells the story as well. The president and the place completely kind of got oh my god, what's going to happen now? But I think the following Tuesday or Wednesday, I had absolute Silence. confidence. We're we're up and going. Mm-hmm. We were actually literally yeah, we up were. and going. Yeah. And I was hearing from other institutions that they were kind of in the place where we had been the previous week, kind of going reacting. And we just were we were a couple of days ahead, a couple of and every day at that point was worth a week. Mm-hmm. And that that was kind of mm-hmm. very important to us. We and got as, going. as the months went on, obviously it was a learning curve for everyone. I think there was no. <laughs> There was no one knew what was going to happen, never mind next week, but next day. Was it, were students fairly okay with, with the, the changes? I know everything went online, including, including exams. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember that academic council meeting, we were discussing the possibility of being able to run the summer exams and we're kind of gone. And, and then somebody said, this is not going to happen, you know. Uh, but the students were a key part of that. We were very keen to talk to the student union executive and the class reps. And I remember at the academic council meeting, we had students attend that meeting who weren't normally on council. And it was a good idea because people were able to hear what was happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been a good partner in it since. The, the entire team, the entire yeah. executive and the entire new executive have been really supportive of what we've, what we've had to do. Good. Now, let's take COVID out of it for a minute, right? Because <laughs> I think <laughs> we all get fed up of hearing of it. For the simpletons like myself, what is the teaching and learning centre? What is the role of it? Yeah, it's a very good question, Michael. For simpletons like me now, I'm sure loads and of other people know. <laughs> it's one that's asked very often. I suppose it is kind of twofold. It's It's role really is to support staff in their teaching practice but in recent years we've moved out and become a lot more learner faced so we're looking also at supporting students so we'd offer um, a suite of supports like academic writing centre we have the math support centre and also the supplementary academic support so if, if a student needed assistance in a particular discipline they would contact their head of department and then they would come through us and we would put on extra sessions to help them but we also, um, I suppose, offered the TLC Student Hub on their virtual learning platform, Blackboard, and the TLC Staff Hub. So we're constantly, I suppose, generating and creating and curating resources that are available to students and staff um, 
on the back of requests that would come in. Um, and then we offer a lot of programs as well for staff to get accredited, to get awards. So our staff become students on these programs, on teaching and learning programs. So we offer those throughout. So there's a, a lot we do in terms of providing guidance, assistance, resources. It's a busy, busy department. And where it's, are you based in the institute? We're based in the LRC um, and we've got a really good team um, there. And um, I suppose we're, we're accessible in that sense that um, we're known I suppose, and, and kind of running and managing the TLC student hub, everybody would have heard about us. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're kept busy. Good, good. Uh, on a normal year, I'm, the clubs and societies would be a huge part of anyone, and it will be this year, but what's the main function, role, purpose of the sports office within IT Carlo as a whole? Yeah, I suppose, look, we're very much about enhancing addicts' student experience when you're on site. Uh, obviously, the goal uh, for every student that enters IT Carlo is, is to graduate, uh, whether that's in four years' time at undergraduate level or whether it's postgraduate level. And a number of students move from undergraduate into postgraduate programs in, in IT Carlo. And I suppose that's because of maybe the atmosphere and uh, that learner experience that we pride ourselves on. So from a sports perspective we're obviously looking um, at how do we enhance the learner experience and I suppose I have kind of you know three to four pillars that we work within so there's the area of performance sport competitive sport recreational sport stroke physical activity health and well-being and then we also uh, would support say the community sport aspect then also so um, within each of the different pillars there, there are different supports that we offer in place so under performance sport obviously uh, we have high performance entry systems for students that are coming in to IT Carlo um, that accept in sport and we're recognizing that kind of performance in sport uh, outside of the classroom and we also obviously have a sports scholarship program where we support students with both elite and gold uh, sports scholarships and there are a number of supports that we put in place uh, around all of our athletes and we kind of try and uh, treat our athletes on a case-by-case basis whereby um, everyone's needs are different whether it's you know supporting them academically whether it's supporting them in terms of say physical performance Uh, so looking at each student individually we try and support them so that's kind of your performance sport within competitive sport then we have over 65 different clubs and societies um, and again look all of the different clubs and societies have different needs at different stages so um, whether it's in terms of competition or whether it's in terms of organizing events uh, we try and we try and support that and not every student that comes in wants to really perform and exceed at, at the very top level so even within the uh, competitive sport program um, there are different levels that there, that people can participate at within sport and, and recreation then really it's just providing that opportunity to uh, get out and uh, take some physical activity uh, and I suppose the, the, an important aspect that I haven't touched on as well is that uh, opportunity to kind of engage with other people make friends it's a social it's a social thing yeah Absolutely, yeah, and it's it's really important. And I suppose the reason we have the different tiers is that, as as mentioned, t- people would have different, uh, you know focus in terms of uh, in terms of their sport and we try and support that at each level and then obviously we have the community sport aspect and that's important too because not only are we supporting the local community uh, in terms of providing facilities and programs we also have students that are able to get involved in a lot of the community sport initiatives uh, from a work experience perspective so when they're coming through their academic programs they're able to gain some really quality uh, experiences along the way that aid them and help their cv uh, and make them fundamentally more employable on the other side then as well yeah david uh, you started working here i I won't i won't give the year away Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah Uh, starting at the bottom working your way up 
and you're now as, as vice president of academic affairs. What is the role, essentially, of the as vice president? Um, it's a fairly diverse role. It covers, as you say, academic affairs, which covers everything to do with the academic administration, quality assurance, operation of academic council, right through to student services, sport, the teaching and learning centre, and the library. So it's fairly broad role. I, I, I saw you um, making faces there. Gina, did you start at the same time? Is that what you're trying no, to... No, I actually started a long time before. The... A long time? <laughs> a oh, long right. time before, yeah. <laughs> I come with more experience. Okay, that. and you started off as lecturing as well? I did. I started off lecturing in the area of languages, yeah, and then I gradually moved into more teaching, learning and pedagogical related um areas I and why, probably, why the change from and I will go to David then after what why the change from um, teaching? I th- well I think it was it was a change probably because of demand from like what was required when I started like we had about seven French lectures um, and then we I suppose the demand for kind of international languages went down then there was a demand for business or or sorry English so I moved into that area as well so I kind of like retrained it was it was really that I was trying to be flexible and follow where the demand was but I don't think there's a faculty that I haven't worked in I think that's um including lifelong learning at night time as well so I think I've, I've been around the you've college you've stretched right across I have yeah and you started in the telecommunications and uh, computing yeah absolutely yeah so you've done your research obviously. oh yeah I'm very we've good people we've good people uh, yeah yeah no I actually started yeah I was in the army before I came in I did 12 years in the army as an army officer and I came in as a lecturer then in telecoms and computer networking on a on a degree that's no longer in existence in computer networking um so I did about two years there and then I went down to Wexford as the acting head of campus the guy who was there at head of campus was out at the time and I did about a year there and then I came back up as head of engineering I did eight or nine years there and then went in as head of or vice president for academic affairs in 2012 so it's been a it's been a long but fun yeah and again like Gina I think I've been around nearly the entire college <laughs> working even our lifelong learning yeah. as well so yeah even our satellite and I suppose that is something that is unique about Carter the amount of part-time learners that are here under the lifelong learning network yeah. is mm. phenomenal it is absolutely it's, it's the, probably one of the best aspects of what we do um, in terms of scale, absolutely, we're among the biggest in the country. But in terms of how we do it as well and the difference we're making, I really I take great pride in mm. seeing people come back at night who are looking for that opportunity. And you progress. say there as well about you were in the army. The army have a great connection yeah, with, with great with the army. Yeah, we we run programs with them, and um, we have done since 2005 um, in engineering. We started with a, with a technician program in um, electronic engineering, and then in 2010, that expanded to cover what they call the leadership management and defence studies which is basically the NCO training route mm-hmm. and then after that then we've moved into more technical area but alongside that we've also engaged in a lot of activities that include involvement in sports teaching and learning we'd have a, quite a number of army people have gone through our masters in teaching and learning program yeah. um, and we do an awful lot of work it's not just in the classroom it's both outside that we've done work with the GEA for example in sport to see Donald here uh, with sport and the army it's been and there's successful. huge connections there with the sport with the GEA FAI um, rugby association as well yeah um, I suppose that's how I know you're going through uh, the careers of, of David and Gina here um, <laughs> <laughs> how did yeah, you start yeah, here yeah ex- exactly I was waiting for that and you're describing yourself as a simpleton earlier oh, Michael but you're far from it because uh, you have all of your information lined up and, we, we uh, have our people it's, let's it's, just say that it's, okay it's definitely it's definitely the skies that you're standing behind but um, no look uh, yeah look IT Carlo they were very very innovative um, I remember probably around 2008 2009 reading about the different 
different NGB programs that were uh, kind of starting to be rolled out within IT Carlo. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, uh, I had no previous connection with IT Carlo. I remember saying, wow, there's a college that's that's going places. So um, I think about two years later, November 2010, I got a, I got a phone call just in relation to uh, a role. And um, yeah, look, it, it kind of snowballed from there. I found myself working on the BA Sport and Exercise GA program um, with some very, very good people, the likes of Michael Dempsey. And look, there, there's there's serious people involved in all the, the programs. When you look at the governing body programs, you know, we've Luke Hardy and Tom Elms, um, you know, Brett uh, Igo and uh, Brian Murray and then obviously Michael Dempsey and, and Alan Nolan so you're getting the cream of the crop in terms of the, the personnel that are involved from governing body level and I suppose I, uh, IT Carlo have to be really complimented for being uh, having the, the kind of the, the foresight to kind of identify these particular programs and then develop uh, academic programs al- alongside um, the, the, the NGBs and I suppose it's in 2010 um, you're coming out of kind of your, your recession time if you like but the number of students that have come through the programs um, the four year programs and have ended up going back and working within NGBs and within professional clubs and even playing at, at a high level uh, it's been really incredible and it's a great pathway uh, for students to come through them particular programs Okay well we're going to take a pathway now to a quick break we'll be back in two minutes Apache Pizza Carlo is delighted to be in association with IT Carlo Students Union. We are open from 1 to 11, 7 days a week. Call in or have us deliver. Make your online classes that bit easier with our student deal. A delicious 9 inch pizza, chips and a drink from only $4.99. You can find us in the heart of Carlo Town, straight across in the fountains. You can also order from us from on our app or website www.apache.ie. Apache Pizza, happy days. My name is Emma and I'm Sales and Marketing Manager for the Talbot Hotel in Carlo. We are delighted to announce that we have partnered with IT Carlo Students Union this year to offer students a rate of €45 for a one-room night or €85 for two-room nights. The deal is available to all students needing accommodation over the academic year 2020-2021. It is valid with a student ID card and then to book it you simply phone 059-915-3000 or email us on reservations at talbothotelcarlo.ie. We asked Carlo IT students where is the best place to have the crack after college. Here's what they have to say. Oh, we love going down to Toys because the student deals are amazing. Well, honestly, I spend 90% of my time in Toys. Yeah, man, I mean, Toys is really the spot. Me and my boys always go there after school. Well, there you have it. Get on down to Tully's Tully Street, Carlo. Why not come down and try our great student meal deals? Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Tully's, Carlo's number one spot for students. Hello everyone, Sean Swan, Swan's Electrical Expert Carlo here. As Carlo's largest electrical store, we're delighted to be associated with IT Carlo Students Union. We stock the full range of Apple products including phones, plus a range of Samsung tablets, watches and phones. Not to forget all your Fitbit and tracking devices, JBL speakers and headphones, laptops, PCs, gaming products and monitors at really good prices. Televisions have to be seen to be believed. So for all your electrical requirements, call to Swan's Electrical Superstore Strawhall Carlo and we look forward to seeing you. Carlo Cabs are excited to announce Carlo's very own taxi app. Just three taps and we're there. There's no journey too short or too long for Carlo's largest and most reliable cab service. You can find us by looking for the T on the back, calling 059 91 40 or by downloading our app from the App Store. 
We guarantee a service that's fast, safe and reliable 24-7. Carlo Cabs, we're ready when you are. And you're very welcome back. As I mentioned, we are joined by David Neve, Vice President for Academic Affairs, uh, the uh, Teaching and Learning Centre Head, uh, Gina Noonan, and of course, the Director of Sport, Donal. We were talking about sport just uh, before the break there. And um, very soon, hopefully, the South Sports Campus will be ready for action. Yeah, uh, so really exciting time. Um, A lot of work has gone into this. Yeah, and it was actually, we were... um, just obviously over the last number of weeks we've been getting closer and closer to completion and we've been able to kind of photograph it from different angles and at night and stuff like that and uh, I found myself kind of writing a tweet about uh, you know how we're I suppose about to open this fantastic facility obviously you'd like to be doing it kind of for for all of the students to get a full experience of it however having said all of that in times of you know that have been difficult for people it's it's wonderful news and really really exciting and something that we're really looking forward to kind of getting open so yeah it's exciting and how will it be used will it be say the obviously the sports teams probably will be doing their training and bits out there but will it be open to the general public yeah look so as as i mentioned earlier in terms of the areas that we support within sports so we have the form of sport competitive sport recreational sport and community sports so uh you know first and foremost um when we talk about it carlo we talk about the student experience and we really want to uh, support the student experience uh having said that uh, outside of um say the student usage uh, there will be opportunities then for local communities and we talked er- earlier in relation to our links with the ngbs and i talked specifically about soccer rugby and ga but we also have links then through athletics ireland um you know we work closely with with basketball ireland with our involvement with teams and kind of national leagues and um and super leagues so there, there will be an opportunity for uh, for people to utilize the space like we're looking at two soccer two rugby two ga pitches and an athletics track um, and obviously we've got a pavilion building then as well where we'll have kind of office space and, and dressing rooms so um, it's all all pitches are fully floodlit so again just to you know to be able to walk into a facility like that that's complete hopefully within the next kind of certainly seven to eight weeks uh, it's 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 really really exciting and look there are some plans i'm not going to give away anything now but uh, <laughs> we have some plans in terms of launching the facility with different competitions uh, that we're looking forward to to maybe hosting in the new year but look more on that maybe on the next podcast surely surely and we will have you back i'll have my people do more research <laughs> gina you have some exciting stuff coming up for the year even though you know, it will be a bit of a roller yeah. coaster, but you are s- still there. Absolutely. I mean, I suppose we've moved all our supports now online. So we've created on our TLC student hub, which everyone should check out, um, we've created a new link for hybrid learning. And in that, we have a lot of screencast resources um, on how to use Collaborate, which is our virtual learning platform as part of, of Blackboard. And um, we have a folder there as well for student guides, which like will contain... Um, a lot of guides developed throughout the year, like how to use MS Teams, all that. Um, but we also have two online programs to use for, or like for students to use. So, so one is our academic success program, which is um, involves how to transition into higher education, which is really useful. And it's three modules there, and it's all self-paced. And the other one um, is about to launch, which is our um, one that it's funded by the National Forum for the Enhancement of Teaching and Learning. And this is our online literacy program. So this is a kind of, again, a self-paced tutorial program which brings students right through the steps of kind of how to do assignments, how to search for material in the library. We've worked in conjunction with the library on this one. Uh, really exciting, really great involvement from the, um, the students in developing this program as well. So 
we're pretty excited about that launch. So if students want to get in touch with you, obviously the, yeah. the, there is the Blackboard, but how else can they get in touch? They can email uh, tlc at itcarlo.ie and um, they can email me either directly. So we're happy to And get she's really you. friendly, I trust you. Okay, <laughs> she's great for responding as well. Um, and you have a great team behind you. Yeah, we have a great team. We've got um, Damien Raftery, Emmett Cullinan and Susan Flynn and all supported by Cathy Fenley in TLC. So we're all there to help. We're help- there to help students and staff and and is it all going to be online is there any in person looking like or is it, it's probably not known yet at the moment um we're we're going to focus on the online and um, but the online actually adds a kind of a benefit to us as well because we're able to get across all the campuses so even things like the academic writing support math support we're doing those at night time as well so we can do one-on-one bookings we can do group sessions as well so Brilliant. i suppose in a way it's adding the flexibility is adding to our suite of support and they, a lot of people can do it at their own leisure. they do it at their own pace and they in can, their pajamas they can do it <laughs> wherever they wish um and again like they can check in with us if there's anything else that they need in particular but um, yeah, it's a, it's a different time, but a, a very good time as well. Um, I suppose as well, uh, David, you know, there will be updates. There will be things. It's going to be one of those years. It's going to be a roller coaster. Absolutely. And we've been trying to do our best, obviously, on that one. We have moved, as Gina was to hybrid learning, which does involve um, combining the online with the face-to-face and the use of the online resources. And I think the important thing for students to do is keep an eye on, particularly on their email, um, we were sending out updates and the updates come from the faculties and the departments as well so we'll get that out and also the official college um, social media accounts are providing further information um, at this stage students have gone through the orientation we're about to kick off into the into the week of of, of or into the first weeks of, of actual classes and again just please keep an eye because things are changing constantly as we look at the, I mean, the, the COVID changes. I hate scenario. saying this phrase but we are all in this together and everyone the entire country is in this but the key thing is I suppose we are there to help you know yes. if there yeah. is and if there is any issues I, I, it's important that students know that they can actually contact uh, the relevant people absolutely as Jean has pointed out if you go onto our website you'll see the contact details for nearly every area in the institution and any concerns that people have please contact us we are there to help yeah brilliant and there is a frequently asked uh, question section and sometimes it's better rather than hold in the question actually ask it because it might answer it for 20 other students 200 other students then absolutely yeah um, I suppose the question there is uh, with clubs and societies this year, they, they will be running in a, in a probably a different format. Yeah, slightly different. Um, look, I suppose we've tried to keep contact with all of our clubs and society members throughout the summer, uh, try to keep them informed of, of what might be. Uh, while you mightn't have all of the answers all of the time, um, it was important for us to kind of engage with the different clubs and society leaders. So um, I, I think around May time, we sent out kind of like a just a, a bit of a questionnaire to kind of get feedback from people in terms of, uh, given the current climate that we're in, um, you know, how likely are they to want to be involved in clubs and societies? And look it was unanimous in terms of the feedback we were getting everyone was so keen uh, to come back I, I think it could have been 95 96 percent had said absolutely i'll be involved in clubs and societies if we're obviously able to operate them safely under the guidelines so straight away from uh, kind of may june we were kind of 
uh, obviously delighted to hear that type of response but keen then to put a program in place that supported that as well and look to be honest with you it, it, it's not all plain sailing it will be a little bit different but uh, would I rather um, it to be different than have none at all absolutely and I think that's that's the most important thing because look I, I refer to people coming through the academic programs but um, there, there's there's a lot more that people can gain from involvement in clubs and societies whether it's uh, participating playing leading volunteering uh, it's all enhancing the, the CV at all times so look we, we have put measures in place even in relation to our sign up moving towards uh, potentially a cashless campus um, and then even just looking at the spaces that we're using obviously we need to be mindful of numbers so operating booking systems but yeah look we're a little bit kind of fortunate in that um, from a sports perspective a lot of the clubs uh, and the NGBs have been kind of working through the summer and their competitions uh, have started and events have been running and the NGBs have had fantastic uh, guidelines in order to follow so it's been a case that we can kind of learn from that over the last number of months uh, and have as good a possible experience for the students when they're on campus so yeah no look we've been working hard the girls in the office Paula Lisa, Serena, uh, our new interns that have come in recently as well. Uh, they're all really working and they're all working for the cause uh, to make it as enjoyable and for the And how does one get involved with clubs and societies? Is it a, now I know fr- fresh this week we're looking at stuff with it as well, but it, let's say I want to do it in the middle of November. I, I yeah, don't, I want to so wait look, it's never too late to get involved in clubs and societies. That That is the thing. Um, in, in terms of previous years, we would have looked at uh, one sign-up day maybe in September and then maybe another sign-up day in, in January. Now, that's not to say we had a, a closed door uh, in previous years, but now we have an online sign-up form that can be accessed from the website. Students can go in there to sign up. Uh, they're then put into a team, and we talked a little bit about communication earlier, so we're obviously mindful that students won't be on ca- campus uh, that often, so in terms terms of keeping in contact, they will be put into a a team of their choice. So if they're in a particular club or society, uh, they'll be able to communicate through that. And look, we've all seen the benefits of Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams and other kind of software uh, like that that's helped people communicate through the times and that'll be no different for clubs and society members yeah okay so it is there's a lot of adapting to do uh, a lot of help that's needed now there are supports there so there, obviously we have Gina from teaching and learning but there are other supports such as the laptop loan scheme there is obviously our computer services department if you're having issues maybe with your blackboard how do students they're all still going to be working right throughout absolutely we're still working away on that Michael as you say the laptop loan scheme um, is up and going as well. Uh, students are able to apply for that for support. We also have the Student Assistance Fund. Um, again, all of these sports are being managed through our Student Services Department. And uh, if students have any questions, contact them. And, and all the details are online for them there. Yeah, and I suppose there's supports there as well, even with how to get. Yeah, I know you did stuff on, on how to actually do an exam online, how to do this sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, we developed a lot of resources on kind of how to kind of just deal with the practical things of doing kind of uh, assessments online um, and even just kind of doing open book exams because I mean people wouldn't be familiar even with those kind of terms before so um, we looked at kind of practical things around it and we're looking at the same now for things like online behavior netiquette just things to kind of remind people of you know what it what it's like to kind of behave in an online environment so we're developing as i said constantly all our resources um, and we go right back to the beginning of someone who mightn't have used anything before and wants to work their way through it so that it makes it as easy as possible for them to connect with each other and um, be it through the platform that's they're being told by their lecturer or something like i said ms teams if they're doing tutorials or group work or whatever so in a way, do you think maybe that this is kind of setting us up for the future in the sense of, I suppose, 
COVID has, has got an awful lot of businesses and organisations completely changing how they do things. Do you think maybe that colleges in the future will look at more of an online system? Oh, absolutely. I think it's changed the way we do our business substantially. I, I still would like to see a return to more face-to-face contact and have a preponderance of that rather than a preponderance of online but I think uh, it has changed and it's probably moved us on. I mean, we had been talking for a long time about blended learning. It, it changed overnight in March and we moved blended. Literally overnight. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And if let's say, and I, this is probably never going to happen, but if we were to find it three months down the road, COVID's over, bye bye. Um, do you think we, we will come back to somewhat normality again or will we stay going as is? I think we'll go probably move back closer to what was yeah. more usual before uh, COVID. But I think we'll still integrate a lot more of the online and blended. Yeah. Well, look, I suppose, th- thank you very much for taking the time um, to be out uh, with us. The key thing that we want to get across to all students, and this is from the Students' Union as well, is we are here to help. You know, um, your department as well, David, from if anyone has any queries or questions, Absolutely. get in touch at uh, the IT website, www.itcarlo.ie. Exactly. Um, and then your various heads of departments get in or your, your um, administrators from the, each department. Get in contact if you have questions. T, uh, t- TLC at itcarlo.ie for anything that you might need in terms of your academic support. Brilliant. And, and then, TLC yeah. st- Student Hub. Sorry, and then sport at itcarlo.ie and obviously we have a number of different platforms on social media, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and it's just sport IT Carlo. So um, yeah, look, any, any queries or whatever, get in contact. Well, look, thank you very much to David, Gina and Donald for uh, being with us today. Um, as we said, stay tuned to the website IT Carlo. There, as I said, there's frequently asked questions section. There's a whole COVID section. So please stay in touch there um, and you will get the latest updates. And of course, um, you can keep up to date with all of our updates on the Students' Union website, as well as lots of content from our wonderful broadcasting network, SUTV and SU Podcast, www.itcsu.ie, or of course, on any of our socials, ITCSU as well. Thanks a million to our sponsors, Apache Pizza, Swan's Electric. Carlo Cabs, Tollies, and of course our network partners, the Talbot Hotel. Until next time, stay safe and thanks a million.